Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Cloud Accounting Weekly, the podcast edition. We're recording live on CPA Academy, a free provider, or a provider, I should say, of free CPU webinars. Check it out at cpaacademy.org. And thanks for everyone who is listening in live today. It's great to have you here. Cloud Accounting Weekly is a newsletter that's focused on how accountants and bookkeepers are using technology to change the profession for the better. This podcast is the same idea, but in audio form. For the next 20 minutes or so, my guest and I are going to take turns sharing and discussing our top articles from the past few weeks, all about counting technology. Please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat, and we'll do our best to respond to those uh, as we go. I'm Blake Oliver. I am the editor of Cloud Accounting Weekly. I am also a manager in the West LA office of Armanino, California's largest CPA and consulting firm, where I work on the outsourced finance and accounting team. My guest today is Will Lopez, the founder and CEO of AdvisorFi. Will, it's great to have you here. Thanks for being here. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about what you do at AdvisorFi. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Blake, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, well, apparently it looks like I have a lot of fun, according to my image that you have <laughs> on the slide there. Um, but, uh, you know, we own an accounting firm. Our headquarters is down in Palm Beach County, Florida, and uh, we do basically provide uh, traditional accounting services, but in a very progressive manner. So we're a cloud-based accounting firm and down in South Florida serving cl clients and companies across 32 states um, and some even up into Canada. So basically a traditional accounting firm with a, a very progressive twist. Well, and, and I think one thing that you have done that's really interesting is you've built your own uh, practice management software. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Uh, so right out the gate, I ended up building some software that integrates into zero accounting, one of the leading accounting applications, uh, at least internationally, um, gaining ground here in the United States, and um, built also a collaborative CRM tool that we can engage all our clients on, um, which has been very, very helpful for people like me that are trying to work in the cloud and, and, and collaborate with clients who are not in front of you. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Will, for being here, and let's get right to it, shall we? Sure. So, um, yeah, you, 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 you start first. You, you had this amazing um, article about blockchain, and I love talking about it, so I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Journal of Accountancy uh, came up with this article in mid-November titled uh, Blockchain, an Opportunity for Accountants or a Threat, and basically just continuing the touch points of uh, the concept of blockchain. I feel like uh, blockchain has been uh, the accounting word of the month, and uh, you were joking earlier, there's accounting word of the year. So it's one of those things that a lot of people, a lot of CPAs don't fairly have a good grasp on, uh, but yet it, it, it feels like it's a threat to the industry. So the article basically touches on how the emergence of blockchain technology has really concerned the CPA industry, but then the more and more we look into it, uh, the more fascinated we are as accountants, knowing that you know blockchain can really bring uh, even greater efficiencies to the accounting industry um, and, uh, and and have more built-in robustness to uh, working with data. Yeah, so that's the thing I'm curious about because people uh, who talk about blockchain a lot also talk about triple entry accounting, um, you know, how this is going to impact, I think, in particular audit work. But I'm not, you know, I've never done audit myself, so I'm not really clear on that. I, do you have any insight, you know, for us on, on how it's actually going to affect us? You know, um you know, overall, Don Tapscott, who was the author of the blockchain revolution, 
uh, book that he had written along with another author. You know, I, I like his description of how blockchain is basically an incorruptible digital ledger of economic trans transactions. So how that affects the audit industry, I particularly am not even sure because even when I, I was a f uh, former financial statement auditor at a large regional firm down in South Florida, but even at that level, we weren't using good tech or, or solid technology to tr try to make, um, try to select audit transactions or, or audit items. You know, a lot of it was pretty much haphazard selections or, or running through some sort of checklist and, and picking data. So not sure how the blockchain te technology is really going to affect audit as a whole, um, especially for firms that are not utilizing the tech that's really out there in order to make selections. So, um, you know, blockchain is still continues to be one of those concepts that sounds really good in theory and then slowly is being introduced into the CPA life. Yeah, one of the uh, interesting things that I heard recently was a, a Wall Street Journal article saying that um, um, some of the uh, traders uh, on Wall Street have started using blockchain, or I should say some of the investment banks are using blockchain as a way to swap uh, equity uh, and derivatives and stuff like that. Right. Um, really complex transactions that would normally take a long time to process, and they're able to do it through you know, a private blockchain very, very quickly. So I'm wondering if that might be where you know the real the real benefits start but in a, you know it's not in a very public way right um and i think some banks have also talked about uh you know consumer banks talking about using private blockchains to speed up uh payments right mm -hmm. yeah it it makes sense because i mean blockchain overall you know the, the concept of it is it's it's data that's not controlled by a single entity and it's data that has no single point of failure so you know not one side of that activity has control over the entire transaction so it would speed up things like that and uh, and that's really where i think the blockchain technology is really advanced in trying to speed up the concept of uh, processing awesome well i'm going to change gears here and let's talk about quickbooks connect now i know you will and i are going to see each other uh very soon at ZeroCon. Uh, and so since ZeroCon is this week, I thought we'd look back first uh, on what happened at QuickBooks Connect. Um, now, do you use any QuickBooks online, any QuickBooks desktop in your practice anymore? Uh, so we don't use any QuickBooks desktop. Um, I think we may have one client on QBO, QuickBooks Online, um, but I think have since uh, gravitated away from that. Got it. So. Uh, it's been interesting for me working at Armanino because in my previous firm, we were almost 100% on zero. Uh, and Armanino is about split on zero and QuickBooks Online. So I've gotten reacquainted with it. Um, and I, I started out as a QuickBooks Pro Advisor years ago uh, doing bookkeeping. So it's been interesting to see how things have changed. Uh, I would say that... Uh, that QuickBooks Online has just come light years from where it was five years ago. Yeah, so um, I heard. And I think they're really giving Zero a run for its money uh, in terms of the speed of development. Um, and so I picked out this article, which is Charlie Russell's um, summary of uh, takeaways from QuickBooks Connect 2017, just published on the AccountX Report blog on uh, November 28th. Uh, and and he does a great job, of course, of covering all the new features that come out uh, on uh, QuickBooks and, and you know screenshots and everything like that. 
So I was interested to read his article about the latest uh, feature releases uh, at QuickBooks Connect. And the ones that he highlighted are, um, uh, are QuickBooks Assistant and uh, QuickBooks Capital. Uh, so not a, actually a ton of uh, new uh, feature releases, um, but these are pretty big ones. Um, so QuickBooks Assistant is uh, into its chatbot. Uh, which is not particularly innovative or uh, uh, new in that uh, both Sage and Zero have released uh, chatbots, I believe. Um, I also find these chatbots to be kind of a gimmick. Um, you know, who knows how well they're really going to work. I have an Alexa, I have a Google Home, and, I, you know, you really have to know exactly what you're asking to get yeah, exactly. anything useful out of it. Um, and the other thing I, I wonder about these um, assistants is, Rate, if the underlying data isn't very good, what's it, what's the utility of having you know an easy way to ask for it, right? Um, right. So we're gonna have to see how well that works. It, I think it's primarily geared toward the QuickBooks self-employed crowd, um, and that could be useful, right? Finding out you know who owes me money, stuff like that could be good for them. But I don't see it really impacting accountants very much at this point. Um, yeah. Sorry. It's, go ahead. it's like one of the. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's like one of those shiny new toys. You know, you kind of using your you're using your accounting data and it's it's just kind of like the next feature that's a that's a bell and a whistle for the accounting industry yeah yeah and 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 maybe it'll become more useful once the uh, you know speech recognition and parsing gets really really good and 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 you know the assistant can actually understand us better uh, when we type in phrases but for now it's pretty much just you know a different way to get reports out of the system Right. The the thing I find that's really innovative is uh, that's coming out of QuickBooks Connect is uh, QuickBooks Capital, which uh, is a lending uh, platform that uh, Intuit has built into QuickBooks. Um, so basically, it uses your QuickBooks online data to decide if uh, Intuit uh, if Intuit's lending arm wants to give you a loan, and I believe it's up to twenty five thousand dollars right now. Um, now, what's interesting about this to me is that, you know, one of the biggest problems small businesses have is getting loans. I don't know about you, Will, but like none of my small clients seem to qualify for traditional loans at banks. And and so the way that they tend to raise small amounts of capital is through friends and family uh, or personal credit cards, which is terrible. Right. Uh, so it's interesting that, um, you know, QuickBooks is going to have um, lending built into it. This This also reminds me of what Square is up to. Um, with uh, with their uh, lending the credit card processor. So um, you know, some people find it creepy. Charlie mentioned in the article that you know he finds it a bit creepy, um, but I, I think it's really just you know another way for uh, Intuit to use data to to sell it, you know, additional services to customers, um, which tends to be how it how it works, right? They make a lot more money from credit card processing or lending or payroll than they do from the actual QuickBooks uh, subscriptions. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's one of those things that uh, small business owners have a hard time getting. You know, like you said, a lot of traditional banks are not going to lend to small business owners, so they end up defaulting to you know personal lines of credits, personal credit cards, and so I definitely think this is a, a niche in the market that's going to be <clears throat> expanded a little further. Um, I remember probably about a year or two ago, even Wave Accounting announced some sort of a Wave Accounting Capital kind of thing, some right. lending option towards small business data. And they're even on the smaller side of the micro businesses. I mean, these are freelancers, you know, photographers that probably don't make more than $75,000 a year. So, you know, there's definitely a market for it. 
and I can understand why QuickBooks would go that direction. <laughs> yeah, and, and as long as I'm fine with it, um, as long as it doesn't become predatory, right? That's the exactly. concern that I have is that, you know, if the interest rates are ridiculously high, then really is it better than a payday loan? And based on the demos, uh, it seems pretty reasonable. I think in the example, the APR was like 12%, right? Which is not, you know, not great, but, um, right. you know. But not terrible. Not terrible. Certainly better than your credit card. So, right. um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what Zero has to offer uh, as a response to uh, QuickBooks Connect this week. And we'll certainly be covering that on the next podcast. Absolutely. All right. Next, Will, this is one from you. Yeah, so um, payments.com uh, released an article called Ac Accountants Gear Up for AI Disruption. This was back in late October. And uh, pretty much the premise of the, of the article was that uh, Blackline, who look, who's a cloud finance and accounting firm, um, did a research paper and basically found out that about three quarters of surveyed accounts are anticipating AI or you know, artificial intelligence to play a big role or significant role in the corporate accounting department. Um, and then at the end of the article, basically, they state that it's nothing, once again, just like the blockchain technology, uh, it's nothing that we should, as an industry, get bent out of shape about. But uh, even more than that, it's, 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 it's not something that needs to be feared, but it is something that artificial intelligence, that is, it's something that uh, we need to take time now to understand the impl implications that it's going to have on our firms and, uh, and then try to figure out ways to implement AI technology. It doesn't alleviate all touch points from, you know, from obviously a person making sure that uh, AI is being instituted. You know, you need to say, hey, Alexa, for Alexa to work. So, you know, uh, article made a pretty decent uh, pitch that AI is going to disrupt the accounting industry, but it still has not fully eliminated the human touch. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that, um, the work that it will eliminate is not particularly high value work, right? Um, right? We're talking about transactional coding. That's 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 actually what is currently being implemented right now into both QuickBooks Online and Zero um, that I've heard of is is the ability to automatically categorize transactions, not just based on what you've done before, but based on what other users have done, um, mm -hmm. analyzing that bank statement line, right? And I'm, I say good riddance to that, right? I spent I spent too many years as a bookkeeper looking at bank statement lines and trying to, you know, interpret what what the hell that meant, and then doing Google searches to figure out what the vendor did, right? Um, right. And I think if the accounting software can figure that out for us, then you know, I'm I'm very happy to pass that off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, AI, you know, it's it's one of those intelligent tools that, like you said, allows people like yourself and myself to shift our attention from low level processing tasks to higher level strategic activities. So, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a thing quote unquote of the future. Um, but it's just really trying to pinpoint those remedial items and getting rid of how to uh, take care of those remedial items in an efficient way, in an accurate way, but yet not eliminate me entirely. And, and, and a lot of people have, have said that AI is going to disrupt tax and compliance work, right? But I just don't see how that's possible when it comes to businesses, right? I mean, there's just, like you said, there's a personal touch that's required. And so we can simply do more of that. Uh, and, and when it comes to compliance, somebody has to check the work of the computer. And we essentially already do that, right, with our tax software. Um, exactly. So 
you know, maybe actually what I would love for artificial intelligence to do is uh, figure out how to how to follow up with clients in a way that doesn't annoy them. Um, <laughs> because even our human uh, accounting staff can't seem to do that. So if we could have an AI that's <laughs> very, very polite about asking for that W-9 uh, or that 1099 or, or whatever it is, then um, then I I would love that. Yeah. I mean, as long as I can play 20 questions with my QuickBooks assistant or my Hey Zero, then I'm fine. <laughs> All right. So my, my next article is called 50% of businesses still use paper checks, but they won't for long. This appeared in CPA Practice Advisor. It's by Lauren Roof. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and you know, I, I there's a lot of vendor. Um, this is one of a, a from um, Lauren is from uh, Envoice Pay, which is a, a vendor. And there's a lot of these vendor sponsored or vendor written articles that appear um, in publications. And a lot of times they're really not that interesting, right? But this one um, really stuck out to me because of the story that it tells about uh, paper checks. And uh, I did not know this, but uh, Apparently, um, paper checks, the end of paper checks started with 9-11, the terrorist attack. And Mm. how this is all related is that um, on 9-11, the FAA grounded all domestic flights in the United States, which I don't think has ever happened before. Right. And um, at the time, banks were required by law to deliver the physical check um, to clear a payment. So if if I wrote a check from my bank here in Los Angeles and will I sent it uh, or it will if you sent me a check from Florida and I cash it here in California, my bank here in California would have to send that check all the way back to your branch in in Florida to to complete the payment, mm-hmm. right? And um, so. There were planes just dedicated to this purpose that the banking industry used to fly paper checks, just just planes full of paper checks back and forth across the country every day. Um, and when 9/11 happened, uh, the FAA grounded all domestic flights, and uh, those planes couldn't fly. And all of a sudden, billions of payments were held up. And the you know the the payments in transit amount, right, which is typically a few billion dollars, just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, the uh, banking industry and Congress realized they had a problem. So this inspired Congress to pass a law um, that um, allowed uh, banks to scan checks and present the scanned images to uh, their fellow banks uh, as as a way to settle those payments. So, um, you know, fast forward ten years later, and I think um, you know something on the order of billions of dollars has been saved um, because of this change, right? So that that's the technology or that's the rule that now allows you to uh, take a picture of a check with your phone and, and deposit it that way, right? Um, right. When I do that with my Bank of America app, uh, it, Bank of America just forwards the scan to, to whatever bank is uh, uh, you know, where the check was drawn on. Um, and I just, I love little tidbits of information like that. I found that really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I like how they call it a substitute check. You know, what they're basically trying to do is substitute the original with an image. So um, that's really interesting that something like that would occur. And that would make sense. You know, I mean, obviously, there's something going on behind the scenes as far as clearing payments and, uh, you know, grounding all the airlines. Man, yeah, that would have caused nothing but havoc in the banking world. 
<laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, we're almost there. We're at the end, and we've got one more story, Will, that you have uh, brought to us. Yeah, so um, Oracle and NetSuite look like they partnered up and they generated a, a white paper research called the Economic and Strategic Benefits of Cloud Computing. Um, Blake, you and I were talking together even last year, and we were kind of joking around how, you know, the cloud is boring and, you know, this concept of the cloud is overdone. It's a dead horse. We're kicking a dead horse. But I feel like now more than ever, it's, it's gaining even more ground and, and being reaffirmed. The mantra of going to the cloud is just being reaffirmed and reaffirmed and reaffirmed. And so what uh, Oracle Linnet Suite did was they kind of took 13 respondents, 13 accounting firms between the United States and Canada, firms were that were making you know 40 million in revenue to 2.5 billion between 135 employees to 12,000 employees and basically came to an ultimate conclusion that accounting firms should move aggressively to the cloud now and so their their research indicated that you know an aggressive strategy to move most or all of an organization's IT systems to the cloud or an accounting firm systems to the cloud is justified and that and that and that management should make an explicit commitment to moving to the cloud. And if you don't, you're not going to receive the benefits that they have laid out in the white paper of uh, speed of implementation, scalability, ease of upgrading or upgrades, you know, getting clients on better, bigger and better stuff. Um, and then as a firm staying agile while the market is changing rapidly. Yeah, the, the charts here in this report, and I'll put one of these up on the screen now, are just amazing. Um, this one stuck out to me in particular, the average savings in IT spending, um, cloud respondents versus benchmarks. It looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, that you can save 21% of your IT spending as a percentage of your revenue. Yeah. And yeah. per user, down 16% if you move to cloud. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible the savings that you can get um, by moving to the cloud. And, and what I like about this white paper is they kind of go above and beyond the obvious. Uh, you know, they point out that there are, there are savings that go well beyond the data center spending, you know, well beyond saving money on IT, well beyond saving money on IT personal expenses and so on and so forth. So um, they actually made a, a fair case in, in the white paper in the article. And um, I think it's, it's, once again, validating the concept that if you're an accounting firm of the future or accounting firm of today and you've not made the gravitation towards using cloud-based technology, um, you're explicitly and intentionally really not progressing your firm. And uh, it's going to be detrimental to firms if they don't move that direction. Yeah, this is so great. I'm pasting the uh, link to this um, white paper here. Uh, in the chat for everyone and for everyone listening to the podcast, I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes. I think it's really um, worth worth checking out. Um, if you are still on the fence about the benefits, this may uh, help push you or uh, other partners in your firm um, that are still on the fence uh, into making the leap. So um, that's it for us today. Um, it doesn't appear that there's any uh, questions or comments, but I lost my uh, chat window. Uh, so I want to thank everyone who attended and everyone listening on uh, on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Google Play. You can subscribe to us there. 
Um, and I hope to see you again uh, for our next live session here on CPA Academy on January 10th. And we are moving to a new time slot, um, something that works out a lot better for me here on the uh, West Coast. We're going to be recording at 2 p.m. Pacific now. So uh, I will not sound like I have just rolled out of bed any longer. <laughs> um, and we did have one question come through from Kenneth, um, and I wanted to take a moment to answer that. Um, Kenneth asked what what uh, what blockchain is. Will, do you want to take that one? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can. I, yeah, I was going to say I feel like I, I would not do justice because I feel like it's it's still a concept that's pretty nimbus. Uh, yeah, and thought, can, go for it. Kenneth, I want to I, I want to make I, I want you to know we're not making fun of you. Um, blockchain is ridiculously it's very difficult to explain. Um, I'll try to do it in one minute. Um, basically, think of a, a public ledger. Anyone can write to it, right? And um, the problem with public ledgers, of course, in the past, have been like that. You know, you can't trust what people put in there. They might be lying, right? Um, and a blockchain uses uh, cryptographic, you know, technology to ensure that only the authorized people uh, have the ability to uh, say um, edit a particular transaction or a particular uh, asset. Um, so the the implication is that you could you could basically have a public ledger that is owned by no one. It is owned by the group, um, and the technology allows that ledger to uh, be actually um, more potentially more secure than if it were held by a third party. So lots of implications around um, you know escrow companies. You know we might might end up not having them if we have blockchain technology that sort of thing. Um, so that was probably a pretty poor description, but it's the best I can. Yeah, I give the example of it's it's like a wiki page for data. So, like you said, not not one person has uh, complete control over that uh, data point, but it's a shared group thing. It's kind of like the concept of the internet, right? You can't, you know, you don't shut the internet down because you close off your computer. You shut it down. You know, it's it's there. It's 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 owned by the group, and it's always up. Yep. So block blockchain technology kind of speaks to that as far as uh, transactional data is concerned. And, and I should also clarify that Bitcoin is an, uh, an application that's built on blockchain technology. So it's just right. one way to use it. There's many, many other potential ways that we haven't probably haven't even thought of yet. Um, and that's it. We're out of time. So, Will, thank you so much for being here and being our guest. Hope to have you back sometime. And, Matt, um, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs>